I got scared of the silence, so I made a went brr noise, which was kind of fun to do. I recommend everybody right now listening go do that noise. I think that's important. I think you need to uh not not just face your fears, but really you need to control your situation and you won't have anything to be afraid of. Yeah, stop being stop being out of control. Be more in control. That's what I've learned from all the nineties rock music I don't listen to. When it's dark and it's spooky, just start glowing. Fuck yeah. That's a great idea. It's not so spooky no more. Just carry a flashlight on your keychain. I must be drunk because I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. I should write that down. I'm like, no, that was stupid. This is our shit posting intro. <laughs> Hi, Cameron. How are you? Hi, Chad. I'm okay because it's opinions are cheap day. Hell yeah, that's us. With Cameron and Chad, we fucked up the wording a little, but we got there in the end, and that is what is important. Cameron, yeah. I have a, I have a confession to make. I got a new kitten. Yay. And um, I feel like all good cats start out by being thrust upon you. You don't really go get them. With the exception of Cole, who, well, Cole was an asshole. I still miss him a lot, but boy, that cat was a douchebag. And we did go get him. But the cats I own were kind of thrust upon me. And I and I love Ripley a lot, and, and Newt is the new one, and she's a little white. Mostly white with some gray striping on her and weird splotches. She's asymmetrical. Looks like uh, someone real fucked up in Photoshop. Very pretty cat. Little kitten. Um... And it was another co-worker who's like, I accidentally a litter of kittens. Someone please take these. I don't know what I'm doing. I am sad and scared. And I was like, oh, fine. It must be. It must be. I've been kind of wanting a second one for a while. So I got two now. And uh, I'm not going to lie. That first that first weekend uh, of the two kittens together, of the Ripley and, and Newt, very rough. Ripley was very scared and upset. And I was very scared and upset. And Newt was... Kind of kind of scared and upset, but mostly just wanted to play because she's dumb and a baby. And it was a, it was a rough Saturday and Sunday, Cameron. And uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was I felt so fucking bad for Ripley because he was clearly not taking it well. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just saddled myself with a very expensive 18 year, uh, you know, knock on wood uh, commitment. And so at one point, I'm just, like, in the basement, and Ripley's upstairs really mad at me, and I'm petting Newt, and I'm just, like, kind of crying, and I'm just sitting there, and she's purring, and I'm so, like, overwhelmed and scared, and I'm like, what did I do? Why did I get another fucking cat? Um, but fast forward a week, and they're getting along pretty well, and there's really no, there's no, like, lesson to be learned other than sometimes life is very overwhelming, and you have to go cry in your basement, <laughs> And that's okay. Everything will be okay. Yeah, crying is fun. I don't do it very often. I almost I basically never do it. I cry more in dreams. I, I don't know if that's weird, but like if I'm really stressed out, I'll be like, Well, I guess I gotta deal with this, and then I'll go to bed and I'll just like have a dream where I just like sob for like four hours and I'll wake up and be like, Ah, oh, I guess that counts. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I've been um I've been thinking of uh starting up dreaming again but i kind of don't know if i actually want to do that wait can you like do you like take something to not dream or what um no i have willpower oh wait what i've told you this before like i I just i don't dream anymore i mean i know i know plenty of people who are like oh i don't dream or i don't remember my dreams but i feel like that's where that ends it's not like i have control over whether I do or don't. No, if I if I draw enough in a day, uh, my brain kind of shuts off for the night and it, and oh, it just rests. You're just like I'm tapped. And if I, yeah, if I have a lot of pent up ideas, I think the brain kind of works overload and it's I, I don't sleep well. Oh, I dropped See, my kombucha I, lid. I like I like dreaming a lot because every once in a while I get a real banger and I'm like that becomes a story or I will put that in a story. I feel like I had some good ones recently and I don't remember them, so I guess they weren't that good. Cause I don't write them down. I don't give a shit. You know, it's like if it sticks with me, hell yeah. If it doesn't, oh well. Mostly they've been about work, which sucks. Those are total waste. 
I think my most common dreams involve either work, uh, me getting bit by a dog, or some third thing. I have a lot of dreams where I get bit by dogs. I don't like dogs. Why don't you like dogs? I don't know. We'll try dreaming about a dog. Okay, I'll try dreaming about one that does not bite me. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll start small. We'll start with dreams. Hopes and dreams. How's your week been? Oh, I don't know. Fine. Fine is fine. Fine is fine. Uh, you know what's been fun is uh, that new Warcraft patch came out. Oh, how is that? It's interesting because they added a new thing where uh, the the Evoker class. There's a new spec, and it's like a buff class. Like you don't really do damage directly. You just like empower the other people on your team. Okay. And it's very different. Like it's very interesting that they're doing this approach because it it mixes up how you approach a situation, but not necessarily how you play it. Because it's kind of the same thing, you know. You're still just yeah. running around casting spells like you would. But I, I think that's been kind of engaging. I I still don't know. Like I feel like this expansion doesn't really have much of a story, and it feels like they're starting to sow the seeds for where they want to go. And I'm pretty sure they'll announce the new expansion at BlizzCon this year. So it's like, we're getting to a point where I hope things make sense soon. And there's a reason to like stay engaged. Because everything feels good right now. But I, I, I like it's, it's also in a weird situation where as much fun as I'm having, it's not at a point where I could recommend it to people. Like I know people that have left the game and they'll ask me, hey, is it good enough to come back? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I think he left for a reason. I don't think that reason's gone. I do appreciate that they're like trying to, you know, they're continuing to to try new things with that game. I don't know if they always stick, mm-hmm. but it's like they're not letting it die, right? They're not it, it doesn't seem like it's it's if it falls into mediocrity, it's not because they're trying to do that and don't care. It's just because they've made the decisions where that accidentally happened. At least that's my read on, like, when you talk about the game. It's like, oh, I can at least they're trying something, whether it works or not. But I think that's a good way to put it. And I'm curious, you know, what happens next? I, I, it feels entitled to every time they come out with an update, the follow-up is, oh, that's great. And that means the next update will be even better. But I feel like they have a lot of ground to catch up on. So it's, it's a little warranted that that's where uh, people's minds go. Sure, sure. Did you hear about the uh, the acquisition uh, lawsuits over now? Yeah, it got shut down, correct? Yeah. That's interesting. And probably good. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, the fear was like a monopoly, correct? Um. Well, yeah, so now Microsoft is going to own Activision, Blizzard, and King. Oh, I thought it got shut down in that they weren't going to merge. No, the lawsuit got shut down. Oh, so they are going to... Okay, well, oopsie doodle. That's what I get from reading the verbs in the headline. You know, it's funny, though. Like, my concern isn't so much the monopoly. It's that Microsoft's kind of inept. Like, I'm looking at Halo Infinite, and basically, like, that whole studio is so bad that they're going to, like, tear it apart now. Are they? And it's like, this, this... Microsoft's, like, you know, Xbox... Halo. They didn't even handle Halo right. We got like three bad Halo games in a row. I don't agree with that. And no, yeah. but no, the, no, factually. Like, I, I'm not talking about like whether or not you like it, but I mean, like, from a business standpoint, not doing good and they're canceling it and they're firing people. Oh, did Halo 4 not objectively. do well? What? Did Halo 4 not do well? I don't think it did well. I mean, I, it's been it's been so long, it doesn't it was well liked. It's got a ninety-one percent on Google users, which I okay, admittedly doesn't fucking matter. I don't know. Halo Four cost to make forty million dollars, twice, which is more than twice the industry average at the time. That was back in twenty twelve. Halo Four is that old? Are you fucking shitting me? Yeah. 
Halo 4. How much it make? Halo 4 grossed $220 million on its launch day. So it, it, did, it did well. I don't know what the marketing budget was, but I imagine it wasn't $100 million. Even if it was, it still made $100 million. I don't know what Infinite or the new one did, and I don't care because I didn't play them. Well, what's weird is that Infinite was on Game Pass, so uh, a lot of people like me that were interested in it didn't even buy it. Oh. Actually, I think I did play Infinite. I was underwhelmed. uh, So, I don't know. I mean, how do we get on this again? Oh, yeah, so Microsoft. So, the other thing that bugs me is uh, Redfall. Redfall came out. Oh, that that did not do well. Yeah, but they've also been kind of hyping this as like a big upcoming game for Xbox. Like every, you know, big announcement day, there's a bunch of trailers at the end. And guess what? We got a new trailer for Redfall. Redfall's coming. And it just kind of like, what a wet fart of a release that was. Yeah. So, you know, when, (laughs) when the guy in charge of Xbox goes on an internet show for an interview, and he basically says, yeah, we didn't realize how bad Redfall was going to be. We weren't really keeping an eye on it. That's not a great look. Uh, when when he says in the interview, uh, yeah, we don't really have a reason for PlayStation owners to sell their PlayStation and come to Xbox. That it's I just a weird see. thing to hear from your president of Xbox, you know? Yeah, that was a very funny thing to read. Uh, it was. Um, <laughs> so hearing that these are the people that are now in charge of the future of Warcraft... And it's like, okay. Maybe they'll just do what they did with Redfall and not pay attention. They'll be like, you know what? They got it. We'll just let them be. Yeah, and that might be for the best. Uh, Who knows? Um, I think a lot of people like to complain about Rare. But I also want to say I really like Sea of Thieves. It it wasn't all bad, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because a lot of the original Rare people did that ukulele game because they found their own studio. And then that game was like middling as hell. So, you know, there's a monkey paw wish going on there, I think. Yeah. I think there's also a weird thing that I'm... uh, uh, I'm getting a little tired of uh, brand loyalty. Not just because of the normal reasons. But, like, uh, when, when the brand is consistent, I can kind of understand why... And with Blizzard, it used to be, like, there were named faces. You know, like, you go to BlizzCon, and you're gonna see Greg Street there. Sure. And you know him, you know. And now, I, I think every time, like, when they announced Dragonflight, they had a video, and there were devs in the video. Most of the faces were new to me. And I want to say, like, two months after it launched, uh, half the people in that video don't work at Blizzard anymore. Oh, wow. And it's like, you know, Sarah or whoever um, was really excited about the, the story and the dragon flying and how cool it's going to be to customize your dragon. And it's like, wow, Sarah's really passionate about the, the new dragon customization. I wonder what they'll do with it in the game. And it's like, oh, yeah, she doesn't work anymore. Oh, okay. Is, is someone else equally passionate? Like, why put that in the trailer? Like, I, <laughs> I just, it used to mean something. And now it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you so about who that. Knows? It, I miss Perky dogs. Bark, bark, bark. I do, I do kind of miss like a studio's been around enough where you 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 recognize things, right? Like there's a reason because when you recognize stuff, you do it, it it's you do it for a reason. Like, oh, this person's so good. I you know, like I like this director so much that I'm going to pay attention to what they do. I like this writer so much cuz I'm going to pay attention to what they do. But for video games and it doesn't happen so often in games. Like, there's a couple of, like, big names that you know. Um, Mayamato, uh, if I might have pronounced that wrong, because I don't normally ever say his name. Uh, Hideo Kojima. Like, those are the two big ones, I feel like, for video games. And I don't really play Hideo Kojima's games. But if I look at, like... It's funny, too, because, um, like, I, I got really excited about Final Fantasy sixteen. Normally, the title is the thing. Like, oh, it's a new numbered Final Fantasy game. I want to see what they do with it. Yeah. But what I was excited about was that uh, uh, Yoshi was directing it, and it's like, oh, it's the new Yoshi game. This is the same way that I would get excited about the new Kojima game. 
And I just okay. found that very interesting because it's like we, we don't have a lot of Spielbergs in the game industry. No. So, you know, one of these occasional cases where it's like they'll announce the director of the new game and he's he's really excited about it. And it's like, oh, I actually have expectations now because I understand what to expect. And that's refreshing. I think I almost feel like it's the opposite where there are there are people that whose names I recognize in a bad way. Like the the guy behind <laughs> Dream. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to play anything that that dude touches because every time his name shows up and I'm trying to, I'm looking up his fucking name because I don't remember what it is. David Cage. Like every time I hear David Cage's name, I'm like, oh, a shitty game came out that is up its own ass and is poorly written. Oh, really? You don't like this? I don't really, I've never really played them, but I've heard enough people bitch about them that I'm just like, I'm good, chief. I don't need to. I, uh, the, so his studio's making a new Star Wars game. Oh, that's interesting. And my first thought was, oh, this could be a very interesting, like a, a more narrative approach to the space opera instead of just running around shooting. But sure. apparently they came out and said, no, no, we'll have plenty of running around shooting. It's it's not going to be like the other games. And I got a little disappointed. Only a little. I, 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 know- I don't know anything about it. It might be good. He, he likes the he, he likes to like approach games like he's directing a movie, which I think is interesting. I got in theory, I guess I've never played one of his games, but it, it sounds like his his writing abilities and his like ability to deal with like metaphor and theming are not as well crafted as like most movie directors. And so things get a little messy and then the gameplay element isn't always there. And then I'm like, well, you kind of had me checked out early on. I just want to play Earth Defense Force. I guess, hmm, do you think with David Cage, this could be like a, what's the word, um, like a cultural thing? Oh, maybe. Because he's French, right? I think so. Because he just has a, uh, I want to call it an infatuation with America. And a lot of his stories involve, like, a, a fantasy version of America that you see in, like, the movies. And it feels like that's what he's chasing. And the movie format almost supports that. And I kind of wonder if I would like his games just because I like, you know, uh, crappy indie directors that want to go to America and make Hollywood movie. Sure, sure. Because uh, it's kind of a its own language and i wonder what like you mentioned uh the the writing not being good and it's like actually yeah i i think i understand that complaint and that's true but to me it almost makes it feel more authentic like a movie (laughs) because i've seen a lot of movies with bad writing and it's like that's part of the experience to me and i wonder what it would be like if they had a better uh localization team or something to hammer out the dialogue better but he could still be the ideas guy yeah. Maybe that I, would be more palatable. I think the difference, too, is, like, I can enjoy a Neil Breen movie, but I also know that's going to be over in two hours, whereas if you buy a, a David Cage game, you're throwing $60 at probably a 10-hour experience. And, like, is the bad indie director movie worth $60 in 10 hours of time? I really like Detroit. Uh, did I ever tell you about my problem with Detroit? I don't think so. So I, a, a lot of people complain about how heavy-handed it is, like the story. Yes. But again, I feel like that's half the charm, and it didn't bug me. Uh, my problem with Detroit is uh, the whole game, you play as three different characters, and they are all uh, robots. Um, you're familiar with Detroit, right? Yes. So this world has like robots, and they're just they, they look like people. And you can just buy them, and they're like assistants. So you just buy a robot maid, and it'll clean your house. And it's about like a robot rebellion because they're like a lower class, and they want equal rights. Blah, blah, blah. It's a sci-fi story I think we've kind of seen before. Yeah. But there's a part where, um, like, when I play games, I like role-play. You know, Red Dead Redemption 2, if there's like a sad moment or something... And the love of your life, you know, rides off on the train never to, to see you again. Like, my, you know, I'll just stand there and smoke a cigarette for a little bit before getting on my ho- my uh, horse and going to the next mission. Like, I don't, like, 
check my achievement score and then go shoot places. Like I'm enjoying the moment. Sure. And I would do that in Detroit. <laughs> and so part of the problem is uh, narratively, there's a part where as the Android, uh, you kind of have like on screen instructions of like how your brain is working. And one of the characters uh, has uh, an owner that's a sweet old man. And there's a part where he's in danger and you were ordered to stay away. But you it's like the character is obviously compelled to help. And there's like a red grid that kind of appears in front of you. And you have to literally like cross this line to break your programming to defy that order. And it's this neat cinematic moment where you break through this imaginary grid in your mind and you free yourself. And now that you have free will, you go and like fight this guy that's attacking the old man. And that's really cool. And it's well done. There's a different character who's like a housemaid to this like drunk guy. And there's a part where he gets really mad and he takes his daughter and goes upstairs and he tells you to stay downstairs and you can hear him like being abusive to the daughter upstairs. And my robot maid character just stands there and I'm just sitting there for like five minutes listening to this child be beaten. And I'm like, wow, this is such a brave story to make you like stand here and listen to this. Um, and it just like goes on <laughs> and then eventually uh, a, a cutscene plays that shows that the little girl died and it's like a game over and you're supposed to go upstairs and stop them. But it's like, I didn't have any prompts that I was like, like I didn't have that cool red screen thing where it's like, I have to save her. No, I have to break through the thing. Like nothing happened. It was just like, I'm just standing there in the kitchen where like I was cleaning dishes a moment ago and letting the scene play out. Cause I thought it was supposed to. Okay. And so it, it ruined my whole first playthrough because that's how you introduce that character. And there's like a whole third of the game is just her on the run with the the daughter. And I didn't see any of those. <laughs> I was only playing as the other few characters for the rest of the game. And so like when you get the, the finale to the game, it shows you all the branching parts. And it shows like, you know, that one character at the beginning. It's like, oh, I forgot about her. And then it's like, I took the branch that only 3% of players picked where I just stopped there. <laughs> And I was like, what? And I had to look it up. And it's like, well, it looks obvious when I watched someone else do it. But when I was playing the game, I was kind of just confused. You know, it's funny because a lot of people like complain about his games and that one specifically about, specifically about being very heavy handed. But I feel like a lot of video games are very heavy handed. They're, we've gotten a lot better since then. And there, there's a lot more nuance to the narratives in games now. But for the longest time, like, games wore their themes and their their job descriptions on their sleeve. And that was it. And it was always kind of rare and exciting to get a game that you're like, this has a really good story. But, like, even, like, the original Bioshock game, like, that game's heavy-handed. That game is not fucking around with what it's about <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know, there's no... There's not a lot of subtlety to, like, boy, Bioshock, I, this is clearly a good thing, right? Like... And so when people are like, oh boy, David Cage, he, he's so so heavy-handed and his themes are so clumsy. And it's like, so are most of the games you like. Like, that's kind of the medium. Like, you're playing the character and you're shooting a ton of people in most of these games. Like, what are you going to do? So it's kind of a weird complaint where some game developers are the ones we complain, you know, like, hey, they're, they're very bad at this and you got to be careful because yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, I'm going to go play Halo and it's not like Halo's about anything super meaningful, but then when it's trying to be, it's definitely no less clumsy. I really like that Lyle Rath cartoon where it was uh the it was like every Halo game after Bungie left. Remember that one? Um, I probably saw it, but I don't remember. Where it's like there's a little girl and she's like, you know, I don't like you, Mr. Chief. You're you're uh, you're mean because you're a robot. And then Master Chief says, I'm not a robot. I am but a man. And he takes his helmet off and then they both cry and it plays the dramatic halo music. And there's like a rainbow and it says feelings. Nice. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> I uh, I'm getting tired of it. I really liked Halo 4 for a lot of reasons. I did play Infinite because I remember I was living with um, 
Joe and his friend Alex at the time, and they both had Xboxes, and so I was able to play co-op Infinite by using his account. Though I may have, I ran through that solo. But I, I remember being really kind of not impressed by the narrative of that game. The gameplay was fun to a point, but it was not what I wanted out of Halo. And I know there's another one out, and my computer cannot run it, so I have not played it. And I know there's a single player to it, or maybe that hasn't released yet. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm kind of not interested. I feel like it's been long enough where the last Halo game I enjoyed was 4, which apparently came out a fucking long time ago. Holy balls. So, I remember Halo 4. This is my Halo 4 memory, okay? And uh, Richard will remember this because... I bought Halo 4 and I picked it up after work and I went to his house and I said, dude, I got the new Halo 4. We're going to play Halo. And he said, cool. And uh, we booted it up and he watched me play through the entire campaign and I beat it in an afternoon while he was watching and the credits rolled and we both kind of looked at each other like, oh. And that's all I remember of Halo 4. That's kind of crazy because I feel like the level design in that game is largely really good and like so many of the levels in that game feel like they would be the last level in a worse game and it just gets more and more hype like from a gameplay perspective i'm trying to remember the story to it and i'm coming up a little short i know master chief kind of becomes jesus and i think cortana does some shit it has been it has been like six years or more since i have played halo 4 i yeah i don't know i <laughs> i don't um I, I don't know that I'm really the biggest Halo fan. So it's not like everyone should trust my judgment because I know uh, I know what, what would be good and what it should be. But I can judge what my experience with it was. And I don't know how many hours I spent on Halo 3. I loved Halo Reach a lot. Reach uh, is Halo good. 4, I think I, I... I have memories of playing the multiplayer some but i don't think i got any like dlc packs or anything like i i kind of hang around for maybe one season and i kind of fell off it like i I just don't know i didn't even play five i know i know the um halo 4's multiplayer was very hit or miss for people because they incorporated certain like call of duty elements where you could like spawn in weapon packs and and ordnance drops right and that, that was never a thing in those games, and it really changed the feel of it. And I think at the time, I was into it, because I remember having a lot of fun with the multiplayer. But I also get why people like did not want that, because it didn't always feel like Halo. I guess on the reverse of that, though, I used to, like, I have a lot of great memories of Halo 3, especially, like, um, jamming out to, like, Disturbed and Five Finger Death Punch and Godsmack and just like playing a fuckload of Halo 3 multiplayer. And then when the Master Chief Collection came out and Joe and I got that and we're like, oh, let's go play some Halo 3 stuff. This will be great. And we were pretty underwhelmed. Like, oh, this is how this game feels. I don't really like this. Like at this point, we had gotten used to Halo 4 and then just other shooters in general. And so it really felt dated. And so there is uh, an element to Halo 4 that it, it feels a lot more modern just because it was using a lot more modern game design. And so now when I want like that old school shooter feel, like I go way further back than Halo 3. Like I want Unreal Tournament. I want Aliens vs. Predator. I want like Doom and Quake and stuff like that. And so like that's kind of my my shooter division is either like really old, like 2000s or earlier, or really new. And there's like this decade of shooters in the middle where like I don't really need that gameplay anymore. I feel like old and new do it better. Now I'm curious, um, have you seen that uh oh, there's like a genre I, I want to say they're calling them boomer shooters I've not heard of this but sign me up so the idea is it's it's like that doom inspired approach to stuff and oh you know what just came out was that 40k one uh bolt gun oh yeah 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 uh but there's other games too like there there's been a few this year where it's kind of like throwbacks to what shooters used to be. And it's like, man, you know, uh, Call of Duty used to be cool, but they leaned so much into like simulation stuff and RPG elements, like equipping talents and, and leveling up. And it's like, no, 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 just give me a gun. Let me run around. I, I want a demon to jump out and I shoot the demon. 
Yeah. Yeah, bullet gun looked pretty cool. Uh, I actually heard pretty good reviews about it too. I I think I'm gonna keep it on my Steam wish list. I think the the biggest complaint I heard is that it's a bit too long, and like halfway through, you've seen kind of everything, and then it goes on for another like four or five hours. Yeah, I can picture that happening. I'm still sad about Lawbreakers. <sighs> Lawbreakers was fun. I need to get Metal Hellsinger. I really need to grab that game. Oh, you know what I want is Fashion Police. Uh, go on. Let me see here. Uh, it's called Fashion Police Squad. And it's one of these boomer shooters, but instead of, like, killing demons, you're a police officer, and tacky criminals are everywhere in the streets, and you gotta, uh, fashion them up with your, um, special, uh, suit gun. See, this is what happens when we legalize pot. Is we make this. I This game is everything I want out of, like, I love sprite art. Um, I love, uh, police shooting criminals. And I love fashion. And it's like, this is perfect in every way. This is actually really endearing. This is It's so stupid. It's one of those things where, like, like that the elaborate shit post that we talk about, right? And that, this feels kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Where someone had a really a dumb idea and then just fucking rolled with it. Um, I just watched a very funny game. Are you familiar with The Witness? Yes. So there's like a parody version of The Witness, and it's free on Steam, so I won't even spoil it. I want you guys to go check it out. Go do it, everybody. I have to find the name so you know what to look for. It's called (laughs) The Looker. The Looker. And it's basically like an elaborate shitpost where it's it's the same thing as The Witness. You draw the line to solve the maze puzzle or whatever, and some of them kind of get outside the box, but half the time it's a joke. And it'll be something really stupid, like uh, you can just obviously cheat by just like going around the whole maze. Or like you can just, uh, like if you look at it from a different angle, it just scrunches up the paper right and it just like it overlaps anyways. And you just kind of like draw a straight line and it like circumvents the whole puzzle. And it's funny, but then it actually gets challenging at the end. And watching this guy play through, it was very entertaining. It was very uh, clever. I don't know how he even programmed half of it. Because it was just super smart. But it was also a joke that he put out for free. And I just found that very interesting. Yeah, you gotta appreciate that too. Because like, the amount of hours people put into some of these things, they'll just be like, oh, it's free, have fun. It's like, oh, okay. Hell yeah, I guess. I found a... a Best boomer shooters to play if you like retro FPS and Doom in 2023. It's a gg.deals blog post. And uh, I'm scrolling through this. Uh, the first one is just like, hey, go play Doom, which, hell yeah, go do that. Uh, Dusk is the other one. And it looks a lot like Doom, but like in a haunted house and you're shooting like cultists and ghosts and stuff. That one looks pretty fun. Um, then Doom Eternal, which Doom Eternal is a good game. Proteus. I, I feel like I heard of Proteus. Why do I know this one? This two that sounds ago. familiar. Yeah. Oh yeah, this definitely looks like Doom. I'm I'm fine with more Doom clones. Doom clones are cool. I like I like these games. This looks cool. Just shooting the fuck out of some dudes, dodging oil and, and green slime and stuff. Hell yeah! You can't go wrong with that. Ultra kill. I don't know what that's about, but I bet you kill stuff in it. Ion Fury. That I've never heard of. Oh, Jesus, that's loud. There's a certain level of like, yeah, these all kind of look and play the same. I think that's the point, but... It's a genre. I think... um, Genre is a funny word, because in video games, it's basically backwards. Uh, in, In music... And in novels and in film, you could label something as dramatic, and that's the genre is it's a drama. Right? Yeah. In video games, 
you label something based on how you interact with it. And so an RPG might be a Final Fantasy drama or like a children's comedy game like Earthbound. Yeah. But that's those true. are the same genre. And it's very weird because <laughs> it's like how do you how do you describe like if someone's never played Zelda, you can't just say it's an adventure game because what does adventure mean? It's like if you explain Zelda to someone who's never seen it before, it's usually a paragraph where you talk about how you play the game. Like, you, well, you're a guy, you're a little, you're like a little boy with a sword and a shield, and you fight monsters. It's like you you run around. You're, it's like the camera's top down, and you explore the world. And so there'll be like octopus monsters. You can run up and hit them with the sword. But you want to find the dungeons. It's like you can't just tell someone it's an adventure, right? I have a couple of opinions oh, about that. Oh, forgive me, Father. This one looked good. Yeah, this, this has style to it. This looks like a fucking comic book, and it's Lovecraftian, which is fun. Um, this one actually looks pretty dope. I had never heard of this game until I'm scrolling through this list. I'm like, I kind of want this game. This is cool. One of the things about games and just like describing them, I remember when I was doing reviews um, on that one website that I'm not going to name. Whenever I didn't do a lot of video game reviews, but reviews, but when I did. To me, like, the most important part of a game is the gameplay and how you interact with it. Because I've, like, stumbled upon games like, oh, that story looks really cool. And then I find out it's a genre I don't like to play. And I go, oh, I guess I'm not going to play it. You're like, oh, that's a neat story. Oh, it's like a Japanese RPG kind of game. Oh, never mind. I don't want to play those. I don't like turn-based games. I don't like grinding anymore. Unless it's Pokemon. I, I, I I might make an exception for old school Pokemon. And so a lot of people would be writing these reviews and they, they would talk about the story first and how great this or, or how poor the story was. And then they'd spend like the last three paragraphs on the gameplay. And I'd always get so fucking mad. Be like, no, you guys got to restructure this. The most important part of the game is how you fucking kill the bad guys in it. Not what the story is. Because that's, that's how you interact with them. That, you know, it's not, it's not a book. It's not a movie. It's not a comic book. You have to read structure these differently and realize that there are more important things to a video game than the story if you want a good story pick up a book it's weird um i can't remember what game it was but i remember once like i, I was picking up a game and the tutorial like it was so killer it destroyed the whole thing like the experience it was it, it didn't like there's no way to just start the game when you start it like characters talk with their young adult voice acting. Oh. And they talk about how important their vague nouns are and the coming of the thing and the chosen one or whatever. And it's just, it wouldn't stop. And there's no way to get past it. And it's just like, I, I'm, I don't care if this is the best game ever. I can't touch this anymore. It's taking up way too much of my time not doing anything. I wonder um, now, what game that was. It, it, I bet I would critical. recognize it. Oh, what? It, was that a recent game? No, this was... Uh, I want to say on the DS. Oh, okay. Okay, what's hypocritical? Oh, Final Fantasy sixteen did come out. And I have been enjoying it. And I love it very much. I'm not done with it yet. But it's like... It's definitely in my top five Final Fantasies. I want to finish it before I like cement like whether or not I loved loved it or just loved it, but sure. I'm really enjoying it. But it is a movie, like <laughs> the the amount of gameplay is so minimal. It's kind of strange, and it's also not an RPG. It's like a it's like a Devil May Cry action game. Oh, really? It's weird. I I, I, I understand why some of the reviews were mixed. Uh, like from an objective sense, when I'm playing it, I get I fall in love. I'm enraptured with the whole thing. But if I step back and had to actually review it, it's kind of like, oh, don't read the Final Fantasy 16 title and think you know what you're getting. Sure, it is like two thirds just cutscenes. It's watching Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. Oh, well, um, okay. Hmm. It's it's well, yeah. It, I, <laughs> It's, um, I love the melodrama and the, like, obnoxious, uh, uh, tropiness of it all. 
you know it's like there's a uh, the the young prince or whatever and um the the queen doesn't like him because he's he uh, you know he's not of the pure blood I, I, like his younger brother is and he will be the chosen one I, but then the king comes back and is like it's like oh son you you can you know just call me father you don't have to be pro- you know professional your mother's not <laughs> here to judge <laughs> i trust you son and it's that stuff, like just nonstop, and it goes forever. And then there's like a combat tutorial. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a game. I have to pick up my controller and turn it back on. Like it's it's unreal how <laughs> strange it is. Um, but then the action is the best. I love the actual fight parts, and the boss fights are so uh, cinematic and dramatic and interesting and impactful, and it feels like earned action moments in a movie because i mean you know how like in a video game you can run through and you have to like shoot up every demon in the whole skyscraper yeah but if you were watching a movie it's like there would be sections of action and sections of talking yeah like this feels paced correctly for storytelling and not gameplay and i want to knock it points for that because it should be a game but it's such a good movie this is one of my favorite movies ever it's it's better than Final Fantasy The Spirits Within because you get action points in it. Um the bosses, dude. Like I, I so remind me again, have you like ever played any Final Fantasy? Um I've played Final Fantasy 3 on the DS. I've played Tactics Advance 2 on the DS. I've played Okay. Um, so you know how sometimes there's summons? Like I, I think it's handled yeah. differently in every game, but like there might be a class or it might be just a, a party mechanic but you can summon like a big a uh, boss thing yeah, right yeah or a creature so the the summons like there are summon boss battles that are literally just kaiju battles where you control the kaiju oh that sounds fucking dope and each one is like different because it'll be in a different situation and like the the game opens and it, it you basically uh before you know any context, it just opens with this fight between Phoenix and Ifrit, and you're controlling Phoenix, and you're flying through these caves of, like, molten core beneath the crust of the earth, while these fire demons are jumping at you, and Ifrit's, like, you know, wall running and jumping and clawing at you, and you have to dodge and shoot all your lightning bolts, and... and, 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 and it's like, it gets intense, and it's like, what is going on? What is happening? And then later, they justify it, they come back to it, and not only do you understand what was going on, but it's emotional, and it's like, it's hitting you in the heart, it's like, no, stop fighting, no, and it, it this is all like the tutorial uh, prologue before the story starts, and it's like, wow, this is such a great game, but also, I'm looking at like the last hour of cutscenes that I feel like a lot of people didn't sign up for. That's fair. I remember like Bioshock Infinite. I know we've talked about this game before and there is really cool stuff in Bioshock Infinite, but the way it's paced, I don't think I will ever play that game again just because I, if I want the story, <laughs> I will go on YouTube and I will watch the two hour compilation where someone cut it into a movie. Yeah, but yeah, some things are like that. And so with this, I can almost picture, you know, playing it again because it's already cut into a good movie. Sure, sure. Um, you really don't have to grind or anything. Like if you if you go to a town, there's parts where there's like side quests, but half the time the side quest is just kind of hey, go that direction you're gonna go anyways, but when you see a mushroom, pick it up. Mm. And so if you kind of don't do those, and maybe you don't unlock the blue sword and you just have the normal sword, you're not even going to notice it's missing. Sure. It's fine. You know, it's like, it feels like they cut out a lot of noise and a lot of time killing. And like, no, 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 you're going to be entertained. Like you turn it on and you're either going to be watching a movie or playing a Godzilla game or doing devil may cry combos on mushroom monsters. But there's not going to be like grinding for five hours until you're level 32 and can try the boss again. I remember really liking Final Fantasy 3, and I'll never replay it because I I definitely don't like that style of game anymore. 
But I also distinctly remember spending hours in a cave grinding levels and money so I could buy throwing stars because they did the most damage against the last boss and I needed X amount of them per attempt. And I kept dying because the last boss was difficult. And uh, there was really cool stuff in that game. The job system was fun. I liked... Evidently, I like the story and the characters. I couldn't tell you anything about them now. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm so I'm so over that shit. I would love to replay Golden Sun. I remember loving Golden Sun 1 and 2. I still have them on the Game Boy Advance. I still own a Game Boy Advance. I could play them again. But I know they're 20-hour turn-based RPGs. And at the very least, I'm going to want to just follow a guide. And I can find all the, the summon monsters. And I can do everything without horse shit. Yeah, I, I as an adult, I only want to spend so much time <laughs> to get to the good parts, you know. I I, it, like- I like I I don't know. I think I've um listened to the Jurassic Park audiobook like 3 times now. And it's like I I love the story. Yeah. If the book involved pages where you had to stop and grind before you're allowed to turn the page. You know what I mean? Like you have to practice turning pages. So here's like 20 blank pages. You have to turn these first before you can get to the next real page. That's what turn-based RPGs sometimes feel like. Because it's not a skill. You're not actually developing anything. You're developing experience points. Yeah. And I prefer games that reward your experience. It's also just... It just stomps on the, the pacing of it, too. Where you're like, oh, I'm making headway. This is great. I'm going to go fight a boss. I was like, oh, you're not strong enough. You better go outside the castle and kill you know, 200 level 30 right. monsters, and then you can go kill the boss. The funny thing is, though, and, and this, I guess my hypocrisy, I'm replaying Dark Souls 3. I've been doing this for, like, over a year now because uh, I've been doing a co-op with my brother, and at one point, like, the servers, the multiplayer servers just, like, broke and went down for, like, eight months. Uh, so we're kind of back at that. And I'm on Gale, who is my one of my favorite bosses in the game, but he's really fucking hard. And I want to kill him solo because he's fun, and I want to do it. But I've also, like, put eight attempts in and have not done a whole lot of good on his second phase. Like, I'm still, like, I don't remember how to fight his second phase. And I'm willing, apparently, to grind Dark Souls 3 to learn the fight. But I'm not willing to grind in a turn-based RPG. And obviously, they play differently. But at a certain point, the uh, the time investment is the same. Sort of. But I think there's a more rewarding feeling to the actual like with dark souls you're you're still practicing yeah uh technically you're getting an advantage by having higher stats but you're also getting an advantage by like getting some muscle memory down and actually executing it when you're ready uh, where i feel like the reward is greater for the same time investment yeah i need to play more video games i haven't played in a while I play VR chat with you and it's very fun. You don't need to. I don't need to. We're at 53 minutes. We talked about video games. What the fuck? Do we want to do want to do oh. Glad Space? Yeah. Um Glad Space. Oh, so someone just sent me this. Uh I I'm pretty sure I had a smarter Glad Space, but maybe we'll do this next week when it's a a more smarter topic. Um but uh, the new patch on WoW got data mined. It's funny, a patch came out on Tuesday, and then they already said, oh yeah, so so the .7 patch is coming soon, and that's going to be cool too. Um, and they're adding a lot of just, it looks like cosmetic stuff. Like uh, So the Draenei, you can have the red skin that the evil demon ones have. Oh, cool. I find that interesting. Um, there's a lot of cool, like more mundane-looking swords and things that are just like, they're not on fire. It's just kind of neat. So I, I just, I feel like uh, Warcraft's been in a better spot. Like I said earlier, I still can't, like, recommend it to everybody. But part of me is like, hey, at least I'm enjoying it. Hell yeah. Oh, you liked Undead, right? They were fun. I had a, I had an Undead 39 uh, uh, Twink Warrior uh, for a bit, and he was fucking dope. Well, look at this uh, Forsaken-only armor. His name was Balthazar. That's a cool undead name. Yeah, I don't know what that's from. I don't remember. Someone was like, you should name him that. And I was like, okay. That's pretty cool armor. Got like grave spikes on it. Hell yeah. Oh, the backpack is like a gravestone. That's cute. Yeah, it's kind of neat. 
Um, some of this stuff is pretty neat. I'm impressed. Someone shops at Hot Topic. Somebody shops at Hot Topic. Yay. What about you? Do you have a glad space? Yeah. So I saw uh, James Cameron's uh, The Abyss from 1989 recently. Oh, that's right. And that was going to be our topic because we were going to talk about underwater stuff. And maybe we'll do that next week or the week after. Uh, But that movie fucking rocks so hard. I had so much goddamn fun watching that movie. I loved it so much. It is brilliant. It is gorgeous. Apparently half the actors almost died when they made it because all the underwater scenes were actually filmed underwater because it's not like they had CG back in the day worth of shit. Though the stuff they did have in that movie actually looks really, really good still. Um, James Cameron, great director apparently. Who would have thought? But yeah, that movie, awesome. Everyone should go see that movie if you haven't. If you have not watched The Abyss, watch the director's cut because it's a bit longer and yeah, that sucks. But I've, I've read about the differences, and it's kind of like with Aliens. We're like, wait, how did they cut those scenes? Those scenes are super fucking important. You need you need those scenes or the things kind of don't make sense or don't work very well. So watch the director's cut. Really good. Oh, my God, the movie. I almost cried like three times in that movie. Granted, I was, this is over the weekend, so I was kind of frazzled. But, like, that movie's very emotional, what it needs to be. It's Oh, James Cameron's awesome. I really need to see the new Avatar. I don't know. Exactly. I think that's it. I like that South Park with James Cameron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got like his little theme song. He's going to go underwater and raise yeah, the bar. How, it's like how, how great James Cameron is. Uh, well, yeah, this was a fun topic. I didn't think we would like dive deep through this, but uh, I think we had a fun chat. I think we did too. It's, it, it's kind of, I mean, I added a couple games to my Steam wish list, so like that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go play some boomer shooters. Maybe we should stop using the word boomer this way, because at a certain point, it's it 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 is losing any and all meaning. And I feel like this happens. Did with it a lot ever of have words. meaning? I don't know. I think it's always been a bit of a trolley thing, but I I don't know if I like the the like seeing it everywhere i feel like it's got a time and place and it's not the entire lexicon you know but it, it is what it is and i did i did add some of those games to my wish list so i'm excited to play some shooters at some point i'll be real i probably won't buy them at all anytime fucking soon i'm so bad at games oh, talking about um about names and things having no meaning and stuff here's a funny internet may may it's it's samuel jackson and he was born in 1990 to 1997. And it says, you are on this council, but we did not grant you the rank of 90s kid. And Anakin Skywalker was born in 1998 or 1999. And he says, this is outrageous. It's unfair. I guess I kind of get Hold it. Hold for applause. Yeah. That's how I want to end the show as, as a big letdown. Uh, oh, we can do that. I'm fine with that, that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs>